It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys. Tuesday, March 19th, we're recording this. I uh, didn't get a chance to record on Monday. Uh, apologies, but back out of here. And obviously, a lot of news to talk about over the last couple days, including a big release that kind of, but kind of didn't see coming. You know, it was kind of a 50-50 whether they would actually pull it off, but they did, and we'll talk about it. And also another signing that the Panthers just made a little earlier today, a little after, a little bit before we actually started recording, so we'll get into that, a little more pass rush help for the Panthers. As always, of course, check out Twitter, or check me out on Twitter, I should say, at Bill underscore Setti, that's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, follow the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast listening pleasure, of course, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever the case may be. Uh, and of course, if you have a smart speaker, use a smart speaker to tell your favorite podcast or tell your smart speaker, smart speaker boy, eventually I'm going to get this out. <laughs> tell your smart speaker to play podcasts and then whatever podcast you want to listen to. But let's jump into it. Matt Khalil is gone. A little surprising that the Panthers actually pulled it off, but sure enough, the Panthers did go ahead and release Matt Khalil on Friday and did indeed designate him as a post-June 1st cut that saves the Panthers about $7.25 million. This was a move, obviously, that we have been talking about for quite some time on this podcast as a very as a, or as, as a move that had a lot of potential to be done because the Panthers didn't really have a lot of salary cap space and sure enough they went ahead and they they made the move and let's face it like we had talked about before Matt Khalil obviously had been struggling he had to look ahead to the future this was this was not just about this season and about the salary cap space but this was about the future. This was about the fact that Taylor Bowden proved that he could be the future at left tackle. This was about the fact that Darrell Williams had been re-signed to, uh, to likely slot in at right tackle. Because you have to figure at this point that Taylor Bowden is going to be the guy now at... Uh, at right... Or, Moten's going to be the guy at left tackle. Darrell Williams at right tackle. So luckily... Luckily, they actually went ahead and decided that this was this was the right time to make the move. Uh, looking at over the cap right now, and actually making the, making the cut for Matt Khalil and saving that seven million dollars. Uh, and again, this this is also uh, not factoring in Bruce Irvin, which we'll get to in a minute, but. Uh, you cut Matt Khalil from the salary cap calculator. It leaves the Panthers with about $14 million uh, in salary cap space. They did 
put in Darren Williams numbers, uh, two and a quarter million dollar base salary, three million dollar signing bonus, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar roster bonus. So he has a cap hit of shade under five point three million dollars. But luckily, Matt Khalil now saves seven million dollars. So it's almost kind of like a a financial swap there. Uh, but again, this doesn't factor in the signing that they just made earlier today, which was Bruce Irvin, the former Seahawk, the former Raider, the former Falcon. Uh, obviously, Bruce Irvin has bounced around the league a little bit, but he has still been pretty productive. Uh, he's still he still has put up decent numbers. Uh, he is he is 31 years old. Will be 32. Uh, in November, it's hard to think because it doesn't feel like Bruce Irvin has been in the league that long. It doesn't feel like Bruce Irvin is already 32 years old. I can still remember when he came into the league uh, a few years ago. Uh, he was actually drafted, what? Wow, 2012. That, that's what I mean. It's hard to believe 2012 is when he was drafted. So it's. It's hard, hard to believe that Bruce Irvin now has already been in the league for seven seasons. Uh, first four seasons with Seattle, then spent 20, 2016 and 2017 with the Raiders, and then actually split 2018 between two teams, the Raiders and the Falcons. Uh, in his eight seasons or in the seven seasons in the NFL, he has played in 106 games starting 78 of them. He has three career interceptions, two of which he has returned for touchdowns. Those were both in 2014, uh, 15 career forced fumbles, including six in 2016. Uh, but he, and he also has two career uh, fumble recoveries. 277 total tackles, 197 solo, 80 assisted, 55 tackles for a loss. So pretty decent numbers. Uh, some of his season highs, uh, he has uh, also 43 and a half career sacks over over seven seasons. He did post six and a half sacks in 2018. Uh, essentially splitting half and half, three and a half sacks in eight games with the Falcons and three sacks in eight games with the Raiders. Uh, so he has had at least five and a half sacks in every season he's been in the league, except for 2013 when he only had two sacks and he did play in 12 games that year, but he has played in at least 12 games. And that was really his worst season was 2013. Uh, I think he might have been battling injury that year. But for the most part, every other season, he has played at least 15 games. So at least you know that Irvin has been reliable. Uh, he's been active for games uh, against 78 career starts out of 106 games played. So he, he'll, he will be there. Uh, and again, you know that's a decent number of sacks. It's basically what they had had from Julius Peppers last season. So essentially there's your kind of veteran leader replacement on the defensive pass rush in Bruce Irvin. So a solid signing, I think here, uh, grabbing Bruce Irvin, uh, did don't see the numbers yet. You know, they just obviously have been reporting that the deal has been agreed to. 
I can't imagine it's going to be uh, a huge contract, but definitely intrigued to see what the what the total dollar figures will be. It is a one-year deal, uh, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, again, it's just a matter of how much the how much the contract will be worth. But I, I like the signing. I like the uh, that's just kind of a one-year prove it deal. You know, and let's remember the Panthers really didn't have a lot of cap space to begin with going into this uh, going into this free agency period. So we knew they were going to be qu- pretty quiet. Uh, the expectation was that they were probably going to lay low and maybe pluck away a little bit at cheaper free agents at uh, you know the second wave of free agency, and that's kind of what they're doing here because we are effectively in the second wave of free agency now that all the big names are off the board. But, you know, for, again, a one-year deal for a guy who, like we said, has had at least five and a half sacks every season except for one, you know, so six out of seven seasons, at least five and a half sacks, and uh, at least, you know, five out of of seven seasons, he's had at least – 30 plus tackles. It's a solid pickup. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely intrigued by it. You know, this isn't one of those knock your socks off type deals, but it's, it's a solid, you know, for what the Panthers like to do, the way they like to rotate their pass rushers, you know, Irvin's not going to be expected to, I don't, I don't think they're going to be expected to, to play him every snap. I think you're going to swap him in, a, swap him in and out like you did with Julius Peppers. So I, th- I think you have to, you definitely have to like the move again, a cheap, cheap option, a cheap veteran deal for a team that wasn't expected to do much during this, during this off season. Anyway, I think their focus really now has been turning to the NFL draft. And that's really where we're going to turn our attention to at some point uh, is the NFL draft. And for that, in fact, I think, might have time to run through a little bit of a quick mock draft here since we didn't do one on yesterday since didn't get, get a chance to record on Monday. So we might do that. Uh, but that was really the, the the main news over the last couple days was the release of Matt Khalil and now the signing of Bruce Irvin. Uh, they have been... They have been talking to a couple other free agents. Uh, Jermon Bushrod, there was talk that the Panthers had been meeting with him as some as a potential depth piece there. So, but again, I to go back to the first story, I am a little surprised that they actually went ahead and cut Macaulay. I didn't think they were. I I kept saying it's what I would do to save that money. Part of me thought the Panthers aren't actually going to do this. But I am glad that they did. And sure enough, you know, so now they have that cap space. Again, you also have to remember that you got to save a little bit of that cap space for your draft picks. Uh, not too much, though. I think, uh, actually, if we look on Spot Rack, they can actually tell us the draft pool, as it were, if you will, for the Panthers' draft picks. If we uh, if we look if we look at that and this do- this also doesn't fact I don't think this factors in Matt Khalil either 
unless it did since it's in red. But if we scroll down and we see the projected draft pool cap for the Panthers, we see about $6.8 million in terms of total cap hit for their projected hits. You know, you're only looking at two and a half million for, and this is assuming they stay at the picks that they are. You're only looking at about two and a half million for their first round pick, uh, 1.1 million for their second round pick, and then obviously low numbers there on. So not a whole lot of cap space to uh, to really, or not a lot of cap space that they really have to worry about setting aside. But still in all, not a lot of... Uh... This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Not a lot of, still not a lot of room to uh, to work with here. But nonetheless, like I said, I think solid moves here to release Matt Khalil, get that cap space, and also bring in a solid veteran pass rusher in Bruce Irvin. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and do another mock draft. Why not? We'll do a nice quick one here. Jump on the draft network. Do another seven-round mock draft. By the way, uh, there was a lot of beef on Twitter the last couple days as far as uh, draft sites and things like that. And I just want to say I hated seeing that. I am a fan of... A lot of people's work. And I enjoy all the draft sites that are out there and uh, the simulators and things like that. So it really bothered me seeing hate for some sites. You know, I I respect the hell out of out of a lot of sites. And like I said, I enjoy reading stuff and using these interactive features. So really, I'm just going to leave it at that. But nonetheless, here we are, Draft Network, Mock Draft Machine. I've been really enjoying using this, by the way. So here we are, 16th pick overall, Panthers on the board. Josh Jacobs, top player on the board. But we're not going to go that way. We're not going running back in the first round, obviously. We're not going Drew Locke, not going Noah Fant. Ed Oliver, though, Ed Oliver is very intriguing here, still on the board at number 16. We've had him before, so he's definitely a possibility. Uh, Christian Wilkins also on the board, uh, the D-tackle out of Clemson, but I would probably take Oliver ahead of him. Uh, Jonah Williams on the board, uh, especially now that McAleel's gone, so we don't have as much depth on the offensive line, uh, but Jonah Williams is a guy that you can kind of Move around a little bit. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is probably off the board now for round one, now that Matt Paradis is in tow, because Paradis is now locked in as your center. But I think Jonah Williams is still certainly a possibility. You know, you could bring him in 
and let him develop for a year and then start in 2020. So he's possible. Uh, looking at some other guys, A.J. Brown uh, and Hakeem Butler on the board at wide receivers. Cleveland Farrell is on the board. There's a lot of guys we can go with here. And that's why I've, it's like I've said before. Uh, the way the Panthers have kind of attacked free agency so far have really made themselves more flexible when it comes to this first pick. Um, but I'm I'm looking at Ed Oliver on the board, and I mean I'm still just a big fan. It's it's crazy to think that Oliver has been slipping a little bit, but I mean I guess that's what happens when I guess you really when people really dive into his film, but. I just feel like Oliver would be would still be a solid fan. I mean, someone that talented, you can just play him in just about any system, really. So I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to grab Ed Oliver and kind of solidify our offensive line here. So that's, I mean, it's hard for me to pass up a guy. If, if I see Ed Oliver here, it's hard for me to, to pass him up. And I think my guess is if... This does happen if Oliver does slip like this board could project. You might start to see some teams really working the phones. You might start to see, you know, especially knowing the Panthers could use a defensive tackle. Maybe someone gets on the phone with Washington at 15 or even say, well, don't know if you want to say Miami at 13 because they're. Who knows what they're going to do? I don't know if they're going to eye up a quarterback now. Now that they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, they could be looking ahead to 2020. But uh, Ed Oliver is just one of those guys that I think you really have to be intrigued how teams are going to are, are going to work if if he does start to slip to say the middle of the first round, like the middle of the teens, possibly dip into the 20s. It's going to be int intriguing to see. I think. Uh, but we, Move on now here to uh, pick 47, and I see Dalton Reisner is on the board, and I'm a big, big fan of Dalton Reisner. And knowing that we need some offensive tackle help here for the Panthers, uh, th this to me just feels right. You know, one year deal with Darrell Williams, and if he plays well enough, uh, could end up getting a good deal elsewhere. But I think this is a situation right now where you grab a guy like Reisner, let him develop, let him be your swing tackle. And then he could start at either left or right tackle in 2020. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Dalton Reisner here at number 47. As we are making our way through. Keep in mind, uh, again, as we've talked about before, this isn't really a seven-round mock. This is a sixth-round mock since the Panthers don't have a uh, a seventh-round pick. But still a little bit of ammo to work with if they want to make some moves because now that we are here in the third round, remember, they do have two picks in the third round, number 77 and number 100. And here we are at number 100. By the way, uh, I've been... I finally got my bottle of water, so that's where some of the stopping has come into. I'm trying to trying to improve the, I guess the voice or you know whatever 
whatever you want to call the problem. So I've got my water here. I'm, I'm ready to go. So hopefully we're, uh, hopefully we're sounding a lot better too. <laughs> but here we are, number 77. And Kelvin Harvin actually still is, is on the board. I'm a little surprised he ended up staying on the board throughout that whole time. And I mean, the Panthers are always looking for playmakers. Really hard at this point to to pass up on Harmon here in the third round. Very possibly a second round talent. I've listen. We've seen mock drafts send to the Panthers in the first round. So here in the third round, I think the value here is just tremendously good. So Kelvin Harmon, number seventy seven. I mean, we've done mock drafts here where we've gotten Jacoby Myers, the other NC State receiver, at number one hundred. So to get Kelvin Harmon. At 77, I think is just absolutely fantastic value and just another playmaker for Cam Newton to work with. As we reach number 100, looking at some of the edge players still on the board, Anthony Nelson out of Iowa. Justin Hollins is, in, is an intriguing guy. I've been starting to hear a bit about out of Oregon, so he's someone possible and someone we can maybe get in round four. Uh, if we look at the safety position, too, because we really haven't touched on that, uh, Jaquan Johnson is on the board. Uh, that That's an intriguing name. Uh, definitely need some linebackers, too. And uh, Bobby Okariki, I think is how you say. Uh, that's, that's an intriguing name as well. Uh, especially for a Panthers team that we know there's the possibility of moving to a 3-4. So either way, uh, this team's going to need linebackers. So let's go ahead and let's grab the best linebacker here on the board. Let's grab Okarike, linebacker, out of Stanford at pick number 100. Again, you know, we the Panthers did take two linebackers last year, but uh, free agency so far has subtracted some linebackers from the uh, from the equation and again going back to the fact that this team could switch to a 3-4 defense so either way you're going to need linebackers so got to get some depth there uh, so we're back on the board here round four and Ant Justin Hollins still on the board the edge out of Oregon uh, and, you know, we're always looking for edge, even with Bruce Irvin in tow. Uh, I don't think it's don't think it eliminates the Panthers from taking edge, even in the first round. So Hollins here in round four, I think solid, solid pick here. So we'll go there. Justin Hollins edge out of Oregon at number 115. And, you know, while we're waiting, uh, obviously, a lot, lot of hype as far as, you know, we, we saw Kyler Murray have his pro day yesterday. It just seems to continue to build on the hype that he's going to be the number one pick. Uh, there's still all the intrigue on the uh, the edge situation with some of those prospects like Pharrell. Uh, really got a feel for Montez Sweat, though, too. Uh, finding, out, finding out the news that he had a pre-existing heart condition... Uh, so obviously all the all the best to him. Hopefully he has a, a speed recovery. Hoping hoping everything checks out for him health wise, uh, just life wise, not necessarily uh, football wise. Just 
for his own health. So back on the board here, number 154, uh, probably still looking for safety help. Uh, and I see Sheldrick Redwine on the board and uh, really intrigued by him and thinking he's a guy we can get in the sixth round. So I think we'll hold there and kind of hope for that. We still got to look into your offensive line too. We definitely got to improve there, but there's really not a lot of names on the board. And I think this is an exercise too in saying that if the Panthers are going to grab an interior lineman, they've probably got to do it early. Uh, you know, a guy like, but, but on the other hand too, remember Dalton Reisner, there was questions on, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? So he's another guy that I think is pretty versatile. So, I mean, you, in a way we kind of addressed interior line as well as tackle with grabbing Dalton Reisner. I mean, if he's good enough, the Panthers could maybe start him at left guard before kicking him out to tackle. And that, that solves your question on left guard and whether or not you feel Greg Van Roten is the answer at left guard. Not that he was bad, but there's certainly room for improvement there. And Dalton Reisner could be that improvement. So actually, I think we might be okay on uh, interior O-line. Probably also got to look at running back, too. Um, you know, going back to Ron Vera's comments that Christian McCaffrey, they're hoping to get a a uh, complimentary back to him. And top guy on the board right now is Travion Williams. I mean, there's a lot of decent running backs here on the board. But if we look at Travion Williams, you know, look at some of the the reports here from from the guys at the Draft Network. Uh, John Ledyard likes his quick feet, has his likes his burst and his quick feet. Uh, has experience at uh, at wide receiver. Uh, look at Ben Solak. Looking at uh, his overalls, rather he actually compares him to Wendell Smallwood, the former, or not the former, but the uh, the Eagles running back, which is pretty uh pretty interesting actually, since Smallwood really hasn't really panned out in the NFL. But then next guy on the list is actually Rodney Anderson, and despite the injury, I'm still a pretty big fan of Anderson. Love the talent, uh, and I think we've done this before. We'll. Go ahead and take Rodney Anderson. Remember, he, like we talked about, I think the last time we did this, this would be a situation where Anderson doesn't really have to be the guy right away. Uh, he can come in and he can spell McCaffrey for a little bit, give him time to recover from that injury, but also get some reps and get them developed and really start to build up his workload uh, alongside McCaffrey come 2020. So I'm, I'm liking the Anderson fit here in Carolina. And finally, number 187, red wine is still on the board. Uh, we need bodies back there at safety. So red wine is going to be the pick here to add some competition at the safety position opposite Eric Reed. So, to recap, we've got Ed Oliver, Dalton Reisner, Kelvin Harmon, Bobby Okarike, Justin Hollins, Rodney Anderson, 
and Sheldrick Redwine. That is this week's edition of Mock Draft quote-unquote Monday slash Tuesday, since it is Tuesday. But, uh, you know, nice to get one of those in as well. Uh, and so that that'll that sounds like a good place to stop here. Uh, by the way, if you guys are college basketball fans, of course, the NCAA tournament starts tonight with the first four. Uh, it actually starts with Fairley Dickinson against Prairie View A&M. And then Belmont going against Temple tonight. Uh, if you've been following my bracketology work, you know that I think I did pretty well in projecting the field. I got uh, 67 of the 68 teams correct. Uh, the only team I did not have in the tournament was Belmont. I actually had TCU in over them, as did nearly everybody else in the bracket matrix. That was by far uh, the most popular pick among teams that we thought would be in the tournament that were left out was TCU. But I'm very happy Belmont's in uh, and overall happy with my performance. You know, happy that I correctly predicted St. John's would be the last team in the field. Uh, surprisingly enough, if you guys didn't see a uh, little bit of North North Carolina connection with the bubble. UNC Greensboro was actually the first team out of the field. In fact, if Oregon had not won the Pac-12, UNC Greensboro would have been in the tournament. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, like I said, overall happy with my performance. You know, I made a late switch, dropping Gonzaga to a two, but you know things happen. But overall. Tournament starting tonight. Uh, you can actually go to RockyTopTalk.com, the, the Tennessee Vols SB Nation blog, and actually find my picks. I essentially filled out my bracket, literally picking every single game. I wrote, I have, I have a piece on Rocky Top Talk now, 4,500 words. So one of the biggest pieces I've done, where I literally go through and pick all 67 games starting from tonight's first four. All the way to the to the championship game. So go check that out. Go see who I picked. Uh, maybe use it for helping filling out your bracket. Though I take no responsibility in uh, if the bracket blows up in my face, as I wrote in the in the article. But enjoy the tournament if you watch it, and we'll be we'll still be here covering the Panthers and the NFL as we are basically full speed ahead now to the NFL draft. As we've only got about a month to go. You know, maybe about five weeks. That's it. So that'll do it for this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Of course, as always, appreciate the support. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.